Megan! Yeah. yeah. What's she doing? Eating poo! Oh, don't eat poo, darling. You're disgusting. Hi, welcome to Walking the Dog with Emily Dean. As always, I would really love it if you could rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. It's brilliant getting all your feedback on the show, so if you have stuff to say, don't keep it to yourself. This week I went out with the comedian Catherine Ryan and her three dogs, Dolly the Tibetan Spaniel, Manny the Yorkie, and Megan the Shih Tzu. They all have great hair, they're all stop me in the street gorgeous, and they're all really entertaining, just like their owner. The only difference is she doesn't poop on the carpet. I mean, not when I was there, look, as far as I know, I'll just play it. I'm Emily Dean, and I'm with the very lovely Catherine Ryan, <sighs> who's got her Canada Goose Parker on today. <laughs> and she said she had no makeup, but she still looks hot, which is slightly annoying. That's true about me. If you <laughs> want to tell people on a podcast that, they'll have to believe you. And we've got your three lovely dogs. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to get three today, so can you talk me through them? Well, I didn't know I was going to get three either. Um, do you want to okay. take some oh, dogs? can I take a dog? Yeah, which one do you like? So there's a little... I'm going to talk you... Because people obviously can't see these no. fabulous dogs, but you've got three. There's a little black and white one. Let's start with him. That's a little girl, and her name is Megan. Megan. She's the newest one, and she's a 10-month-old teacup shih tzu. She is absolutely tiny. I love her, and she's so sweet. She's like a little, like a lion, like a bear crossed with a kitten. You know? That's a good thing to be. People think she's a cat. And there's another fabulous dog in what looks like a Chanel mm. coat of some sort. And a pink lead. He's a boy. Oh, a boy. This, this is your local nice park. park. Yeah, have you ever been here? No, do you know I haven't? And I'm a local because we're, we're in the mm. same manner, has to be said. Girls yes. in the hood. That's Manny. Is a teacup by uh, Yorkie. He's doing a wee as we speak. Oh, I think he's doing poo, actually. Sorry. Yeah, poo. Sorry for the podcast. But a teacup Yorkie is a lot safer because they're naturally smaller than Shih Tzu's. I got him in Wolverhampton. There's been a reaction to the poo. There we go. No, he just does that. He gets really excited. It's like um, tiny poos, anyway. And then you have a third one. This is a Pomeranian, right? No, everybody thinks Dolly's a Pomeranian. She's actually a very rare Tibetan Spaniel. Oh, wow. She's a Buddhist. She's from Tibet. She's uh, Via Lincolnshire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's Hiya. cool. Thank you. They're gorgeous, aren't they? Wow. <laughs> oh. Sorry, she follows. She's interested in your trainers, I think. Yeah. And now the bin. I have to watch them because they love people, but they Do don't they? like big dogs. Yeah, I was going to say, but don't to... you find with small dogs, I think this is the same with people, mm. small dogs tend to sort of yap and be quite defensive at bigger people, sometimes to their own cost. What's going on here, Catherine? She's so dumb. So she's the littlest one, so she'll stop and smell things. But also, I, I usually let them off the lead by now, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, and then I have to just vigilant. And then we just have to keep an eye on them. Watch, yeah, for big dogs. I this is like of... dropping your kids at the playground, isn't it? I know, it? I know. This is like they've gone on, you know the bit when they go on the slide? We can't take that lead off, because that's actually a rabbit harness, because she's so small. Is that right? It doesn't come off, you just have to drop it. So did you, have you always had dogs? In your um, family, like, when you grew up in Canada, didn't you? Yeah, so we didn't um, live on a farm or anything, though we lived in a smaller town and we yeah. had a garden. Everybody in Canada has at least a garden for dogs. Yeah. And we had a uh, Cocker Spaniel, and that was it, just the one dog. And then when I lived on my own for uni, I moved out of that town as fast as I could. I went to Toronto. Have you been? Yeah, I haven't, but no. I've heard very good things. It's, it's okay. People from Toronto think they're pretty cool, but really, they're just bankers who live in Toronto. Right. A city that's unlivable six months of the year because of how cold it is. The T-dot. Drake made it cool, I guess, when he <laughs> called it the six. Um, I went to uni there, and that was a time in the early 2000s when Paris Hilton was really cool. Yeah. Kim Kardashian was still cleaning her closet on her yeah. knees for a living. And um, Paris Hilton had all these little dogs. And I... Yeah, she did. She had a chihuahuas, didn't she? Mm. Yeah. But Tinkerbell. I'm... Tinkerbell, yeah. I know. Tinkerbell's dead now, of course. Did Tinkerbell die? Well, they don't outlive us, sadly. They don't... I mean, I don't want to put a downer on this podcast <laughs> while we're looking at your dogs. Yeah. But that's what makes me sad, Catherine, because I really, really want to get a dog, which is why I'm doing this podcast. Oh, this is okay. Because I'm, I'm sort of auditioning dogs. Got it. To be honest. That's a smart idea. Yeah. We're like a one-night stand. Yes. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but um, I worry that they die, and then I'll get really sad. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think the only thing that makes certain grown men cry in my personal experience is when they talk about their dead dogs. Yeah. Stuart Francis, who's a wonderful Canadian comedian, told me the story of when he had to put down his elderly 
dog. Yeah. And he walked him there because he loved to walk. And then he walked home just holding the lead. And I mean, oh. that would break anyone. Oh. And I lost it's a dog. It's broken me. I Did know. You? I'm like, gosh, just a big man telling that story. Yeah, okay. right? See, that's the kind of dog they would hate. See that big black lab? Yeah, look at that big black But that dog. lady knows that. That lady goes, uh -oh. She's sensible. She's thinking, this isn't going to be a match. She thinks, jumpers? Three tiny, tiny, obnoxious dogs. I'm gonna get away from that. <laughs> yeah, but they're my spirit animals. I don't know if that noise is I know, the noise stop. isn't great. The noise, it just adds to the ambience. And look, at least people know hey, we're not in a studio. Megan. What's she doing? Eating poo. Oh, don't eat poo, darling. Disgusting. You see, I don't know you very well. I met you, uh, we've sort of orbited each other because we're kind yeah. of in the same social sphere. We're in the Venn diagram, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I talked to you for the first time, like, properly, at Jimmy Carr's recently. Mm-hmm. And he had this slightly surreal games night. Yeah. <laughs> where we had to play a game called Werewolf. Mafia. Or Mafia, they called it, which is essentially a sophisticated form of wink murder. It is. Although, is it that sophisticated? Because everyone just ends up yelling at each other. <laughs> well, I think that was more the drink than the game. Well, you that's can't true. can't blame the gameplay. That was a really fun night. I loved that. But it was interesting because you struck me as very kind of composed, composed. and I'm going to go elegant. Really? Yeah. What do you mean, before you met me or on the night? Well, well like on the night. Like you weren't getting down and dirty and scrapping with everyone. Oh, no. I don't think I've ever been involved in a scrap. You're not that kind of person. I don't know. I'm a really, really relaxed person. And my stand-up is a little bit mean and acerbic, I guess, has been described. So then people think that I mean. And then I also talk a lot about boys and I'll say, oh, when I went home with this boy or when I did that with the other boy, but I'm just trying to protect the identity of the same guy. But I've like kind of um, chopped him into 10 guys. Everyone's terrible at stand-up when they start and that's fine. Yeah. But I was attracted to comedy that had a point of view and was edgy. And then I didn't really understand what I liked about it because I was from this small town where I didn't have a perspective really on the world. Yeah. I really was not well educated. So I didn't know enough about history to know when to draw the line, like when things were punching down rather than punching up. So I think my comedy in the beginning was more shock. When you say you didn't know enough about history, is that do you think because you didn't pay attention at school or were you just like... <laughs> I mean, I, I paid attention. I was really academic when I was younger. And then I kind of lost interest, I guess, around like 15. And then I just wanted to be cool. And that's when Did I you get a report saying Catherine is too busy entertaining the class? Because that seems to be all comics tend to get that. No, I think, um, and I hate to generalize about female comedians. I think we don't grow up the same way. We were never the class clowns. We're almost the opposite. We're the people you'd least expect to go into comedy. Really, why, why do you think that is? Because um, we, we grow up a different way, firstly. Sorry, that ruffling just by the way, is the second or third poo That's of the day. not their poo, it's some, but I'll pick oh, up so any nice poo. you're so picking up someone else's poo. I'm pretty nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I think about my friends who are female comedians, we grew up a little bit outcast, definitely weird. Nobody thought it was funny. People just thought I was mad. And I wasn't disruptive or anything, but I had a really specific sense of humor. We were activists before we were comedians. Sarah Pascoe told me yeah. she had this like uh, club against bullying and she wore bullets for earrings. You know, we we're just a little bit alternative. And then you grow up with a voice like that and you decide to be funny by accident. I never wanted to be a comedian. I wanted to be, I used to go around saying I wanted to be an educated housewife. Really? But I also thought that was a funny <laughs> thing to say. Because um, I thought working is hard. I want an education. I want to know about the world and have some options. The dogs aren't allowed in that bit. Okay. It's crouch end, you know, yeah. some people be like, oh, oh. I've enjoyed when you've talked about working at Hooters. Yeah. I think there was a part of me when I was growing up that secretly fantasized that I could like, I wanted to be that cool girl in the bar, like Coyote Ugly. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? What was that experience like then? Well, I get, I get that all the time still. People uh, don't make any sense on the internet. Yeah. But they'll say, well, how can you be against things like Sharia law if you worked at Hooters? I'm like, please. How can you be a feminist if you did that? Well, I was 18 years old and I was still learning. And I think those are the experiences 
that make you a feminist. I was learning about the world. We all buy those magazines and we all want to be liked. And yeah. you grow up, whether you like to admit it or not, with this narrative still that women are valued for being beautiful and soft and happy. And Hooters embodied all of that, those things. I was tired of being alternative. I wanted to be liked. Even when I was small, I was so jealous of those girls. You know, the girls in school who uh, don't really have an opinion. I know. And they're just like, hi. Yeah, but Catherine, I'm still hi. jealous of them sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just because, okay, I want to know what you think of this. There's a friend of mine, but he once said to me after a social event, and we were talking about the various people that had been there, and he said, yeah, the thing is, she's nice, that girl, but she's too loud. Men never marry loud girls. Mm. And it always kind of haunted me. And I think now I'm more inclined to sort of question that a bit. Yeah. And to be more confident about owning my own space and think, oh, well, screw you if you don't like it. Yeah. Because I don't like that sort of attitude. But then on the other hand, it did bother me. And I think, is there a certain element of truth to that? I don't know. What do you sort of make of something like that? Well, I guess that's oh, my cat. Oh my, is that your cat? <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, we've just spotted a black and white cat and I thought there was an enemy amidst no, our ranks. But it's, so your cat just wanders around. Catherine, this is basically your zoo. I know. See, this is where I wanted to live here. And look, I have a tennis court. <laughs> is that your tennis court? Yeah. <laughs> She's I such guess. a liar. That's not her tennis court. It's everyone's tennis court, is but it? nobody uses it. Really? So I'm going to start using it. I don't play tennis, but I, I could practice here because it's quiet and no one would see how terrible I was. Well, that's it. And anyone can go and just play tennis. It's fun. Oh, yes. I'm interested to, what, to hear what you have to say about okay. that thing about... I've read all these studies because yes. it is clickbait to say... Right. Women aren't funny. You know, I, I click yes. on those things. Yeah. I give the uh, editors what they want. But they'll do studies, and everyone, both genders. So your cat is just running around like a. This is so bad. She teases them because she doesn't have to be on a lead, but she thinks she's a dog. Right. They're all very good friends. What's the cat called? Sarah Pasco. Really? Yeah, Violet named all the animals. And Violet's she, your daughter, who's she is eight. Who's a human? Yeah, she's, yeah, she's a human eight. being. Yeah, and she named all the animals and. She's obsessed with Sarah Pascoe, which I'm really happy about. Who's a really good friend of yours. Yeah. You know what I love about that? That Violet's given your cat a surname. So the studies say that both genders want a partner with a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But then it's interesting that men in the study largely define a sense of humor as uh, someone who laughs at their jokes. But mm. women will define it as someone who makes them laugh. So... Um, hello. Sorry. There's a bit of an incident. Hi, hi. I think that's a chug. Puggle, yeah. Really cute. See, look, you're an expert. That, you're that was a it. puggle, which is what's a half pug? Half. What's uggle? Muggle. Um, half pug, half muggle. What is an uggle? <laughs> what's an uggle? I'm going to ask the producer. Like a, like a... Oh, yeah, yeah beagle. Thank you for that. Well done. That's a beagle. Anyway. So, that, so we were saying, you know, men so would see, could perceive being a yeah. sense of humour as laughing at their jokes. The more loud you are, the more alpha you are, the funnier you are, yeah. then I guess the logical next step is the harder you are to make laugh. And that right. makes you unattractive. And okay. that's, that's the study that I guess I understand the most. Yeah. I get it. Everybody wants to be um, appreciated. I didn't like it when people thought I was strange. Of course, I wanted to meet someone who thought I was funny. But then yeah. I gave up and I just said, well, if I get hair colored skin and skin colored hair and I start <laughs> working at Hooters <laughs> and I learn to be nice, because there is that um, tendency to want to conform. And I looked at all these women that I knew, my friends and girls on TV. That's when reality TV started just booming. Which you're obsessed by. Yeah. Which I am as I well. I still love it. In fact, the first time I met you, I'm, I'm saying it's like we're in a relationship, the yeah. first time we met, <laughs> yeah. which was not that long ago at Jimmy's cars. Mm -hmm. But you came in and we immediately started talking about the Kardashians, which yeah. I loved. And I think that's the equivalent of people talking about a football team. It is. Is that you're like, do you know all Courtney Kardashian's kids' names? <laughs> but there are more layers to the Kardashians. I know. I don't understand people who, because, Every abusive account on Twitter, you click on it just to check. I always check if the person might be mentally ill. I make yeah. that uh, uninformed diagnosis myself based yes. on their timeline. And then sometimes I'll leave them alone if I go, oh, he's really sick. But uh, you look and it's always <laughs> a football team 
as their avatar. They have no identity apart from, you know, like Wolverhampton, whatever that team is, Wolves probably. Well, it's also that thing, yeah, if it's based sometimes also, mm -hmm. I don't want to make presumptions, but it's sometimes based on hatred of other teams. Oh, yeah, that's rather true. Than passion for their own team. Yeah. So that would therefore translate. Yeah. And of course, we're not tiring all football supporters with the same brush before people start getting cross. Well, no, those who have, uh, you know, varied interests are yeah. fine. Yeah, but it's that thing about, I know what I hate rather than yeah. I know what I, what I like. You're absolutely right yeah. about that. I never thought about it that way. I like your little neighbourhood. So here's your, do you use that dry cleaners? I don't. I wasn't suggesting you led a lifestyle which would I mean I, you'd have to go to the dry cleaners a lot. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do have to get the duvet washed now and then. Out of these shops, which do you use the most? Off you know the dry cleaners, that, news agent. The news agent is really good, and there's sort of a battle going on between the news agent on this side and the laundress on that side because everybody wants the business, which oh, okay. is great to have that healthy competition because they keep just getting better stuff. Do you find now, because your profile's increasing massively, you know, in the last few years, would you say that's fair? It's good that it's all baby steps, though, because nobody just arrives. Some yeah. of people's grandparents know me now, and they say, uh, oh, that gobby one. That's how I'm described by old northern men. Oh, that gobby one. Yeah, yes, Yeah, sir. that probably is the test, isn't it? It's that once you become mm -hmm. known by grandparents, it's the kind of the various generations. Yeah, and it's good to be a little bit cartoony. So all the things that I hated about myself growing up, the things I wanted to change, you know, have a, a face that wasn't so long, skin that wasn't so Irish, and just my, my quirky personality, I guess. I wanted to get rid of all those things. Those are probably the three things that people know about me. They go, oh yeah, that girl with like a horse kind of face, and she I says dirty so. words. Yeah, I, no, think, I think what people think is <laughs> the hot one. Yeah, I'm so hot. No, you know, it, it actually happened very recently. What, the hotness? No. <laughs> I mean, by the time your podcast comes out, hopefully I will have had many surgeries. But uh, someone said to me, I, I got this job, and they said, the channel wanted pretty. And I said to them, no, you need to give Catherine Ryan a shot. And I was like, thank you. So, so how is this ex-friend of yours? <laughs> well, they, they styled it out. They were like, oh, because... Because you're pretty and nice. <gasps> Thank you. You know what? Lots that was a response to that horrible person saying that. Yeah, to you. man, he's like, how dare but you? But I don't. I think that's part of your selling point that you're, you're kind of. I hate to use this word, but you're a bit of a package, aren't you? Well, I think beauty standards are widening, so that's great. We don't all have to be a certain age and look a certain way anymore, though some of the residual stigma still exists. But I mean. Um, no, I probably have the confidence of a pretty person because I used to be when I was 20 and worked at Hooters, you know. I got the spray tans, I got the memo. But I also, the more people told me when I was starting out in comedy, because that's when all the discrimination happens. It happens at the bottom. Once you get on TV and you start working with proper people, they're all feminists. They're all really wonderful. Yeah. I've only had great experiences. Well, you, mail, you mean male comics and stuff like that? I mean, bookers usually are just right. or audience members who will come up to you after the show and mansplain, you know, how you could do comedy better because, you know, they've been in a builder for 20 years and they, they have some great stuff you could use in your sketch. And if you just did this a bit more, I did that a bit more. That only happens at the very bottom. And then yeah. you take the mega bus home overnight and just cry. But, um... They would tell me, no, you need to hide. You need to wear unassuming clothes, yes. like jeans and a hoodie and yes. trainers. Yeah. People tell you to do that. Is that to do with a sort of perception that to be funny as a woman, it's like, well, you'll be, you're, you, it's too confusing. As yeah. a man, I find this too confusing. You yeah. either want to go to bed with you or I want to laugh at you. But don't make me think about both. Yeah. And, I, and so. that's this thing of like, well, you've got to go on in a, a sort of a check shirt and a cardigan. Yeah. And that's how some people are comfortable being dressed and that's fine. But the more people told me to do that, the more I went the other way. And I think what you wear can be a little bit distracting. I mean, if I went up in a, like a crop top with little booty pants on, I mean, that would be weird for everyone. So you don't want to wear something that's distracting, but I'm sorry, I'm being invited into people's homes on a Saturday night to do a theater gig or to be on a panel show or something. I take that really seriously as a great privilege. And if the men are in suits, then I'm going to yeah. dress up because I also like to dress up and I like 
to get my hair done and wear makeup, and I think that's okay. And you don't have to apologize for that? No. What did you do at university? It was like city planning or something. Yeah, that's it? it. I wanted to get out of the small town and move to Toronto. Yeah. Because all the uh, television was made in Toronto, and Toronto seemed just really cool. I, I've just been, I've had the soul of a big city girl, I think, all the time. And I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't really think I wanted to be an actress, but I was in musical theater when I was young and made little sketches and things. I just knew that I was drawn to media somehow. And then I uh, didn't think it was wise to, you know, not go to university or just to study drama or something. So they had a really amazing radio and television arts program at my university, but I didn't get in. I got into city planning, so I just took that based on the university's right downtown Toronto. Yeah. And I lived above this uh, burger shop called Hooker Harvey's, but it wasn't called, it was called Harvey's. But it was at this junction that was known for having escorts. Right. And I loved it. And my dad would threaten, you know, oh, well, if you don't do well in school, you'll find yourself in 10 years living above the Hooker Harvey's. And I was thinking, what a dream that would be. <laughs> I loved it. And then um, I didn't ever want to be a city planner. I just, yeah. I, I actually found it quite interesting though when I went. And then I had a boyfriend who was a comedian and I met him in the comedy club and he's, cause I was just open micing for fun. Really as an outlet, the comedy club was next to the Hooters. Right. And I thought, oh, Catherine, you need to fix that smart mouth of yours. So if you do amateur nights once a week at the comedy club and don't tell anybody, then you can get all that weirdness out of your system for the week and you can be a good girl at Hooters. It's genuinely my plan. Really? Yeah. And then it was I was- almost like exercising your personality. That was it. Yeah, it was trying really <laughs> I've got to get rid of this really annoying, what's it called? The spirit. Personality, <laughs> that's it. The spirit. So, you know what it was? Yeah, it's like, I always think there's that fight between my inner Betty Draper. Do you watch Mad Men? Yes. Yeah. Betty's cursed with the way she looks yeah. in that era. I mean, yeah, she yeah, looks yeah. like a little dolly. And, yeah. she had, and my mother was like that. Was my she? mom was born in the 60s, but uh, she is stunning was and she? tiny and blonde um, and has that lovely just cocoa butter skin that tans in the sun. Big, 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 big boobs, little waist. And then she married this like big Irish man you know, really diluted the genetic pool for me so that I have white skin, weird and, long um, head, big nose. <laughs> I love she, my dad, but he doesn't make a pretty woman. Is she, uh, is she funny, your mom? She's so funny, but um, she was in circles where it wasn't always appreciated. And I don't think my dad, even though he's funny in his own way as well, I think my dad's really funny, but they weren't suited at all. And I think that's what happens when you try to fit a, a square peg into a hole, is that it? Mm. I mean, I don't want to get too graphic for the Times podcast. I'm speaking in metaphors. Thank you. Oh, look at you. Munchkins, <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh, I love the jacket. Oh, thank you so much. He just gets cold. But when that lady said little munchkins, by the way, she was talking to the dogs, not to Catherine and myself. I mean, no, that, we, I get and that And when she said, I love the jacket, even <laughs> yeah. though Catherine's jacket is nice, it was about the dog's jacket. Yeah. Yeah, so go on, what were you saying about square peg and round hole? So your mum and your dad, yeah, do you they, think... Yeah, they weren't well suited at all. My mum married my dad because uh, he was, I think, really tall and the first person in that small town who was from somewhere else. He's from Ireland. And then my dad married my mom for the obvious reason that she's a total 21-year-old babe. They had us, my three sisters, my two sisters You've and me. You've got two sisters, yeah. yeah. And then now they're both with partners who suit them so much better. Oh, right, so they're not together anymore. They're not. They split when I was about 15. Yeah. And um, I'm really glad they did. They love their partners now. My dad's partner is amazing. Yeah. They both golf together and sail together. And it's amazing how well you can get on yeah. if you're with the right person and yes. you feel like a bad person if yeah. you're in the wrong relationship. So true. That was a good lesson, I suppose. One that I learned too late. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, my mom never fulfilled her. I think she would have liked to be a comedian or do some entertaining. And she is she proud now. of you now? She is, yeah. She likes it. She says she lives vicariously, but I don't know if she would really enjoy it because you do get a lot of hate. And my mum, I don't mind if people criticize me. Do you? On In what way? Do you mean on Twitter mainly? When you're a lady, <laughs> social media I think is different 
from when you're a man. So they'll tell you you're not funny, no matter what your gender is. Mm. But when you're a lady, then they'll also say that they're going to sexually assault you till you're dead <laughs> from right. time to time. Yeah. They like to say that. And that doesn't bother me, but it bothers my mom. I think my mom looks yeah. online and she sees that and she'll sometimes tweet them back and be like, actually, listen, my daughter, and she's really good. You know, she's got some JK Rowling level slams. I think you have to be someone who, that's why it's useful to have been unpopular in school <laughs> because it, it trains you up. But there's no such thing as anyone who's universally adored. So even Taylor Swift was, yeah. you know, the darling. And then all of a sudden, she started to get out of favor. I certainly felt growing up that pressure to, to be liked. And mm -hmm. I suppose the less you say, the less noisy you are, the less space you take up, the less likely you are to cause offense. Yes. You know, maybe that's being emancipated. Or maybe some people are just happy always being like that and that's their choice, you know, not yeah. sort of being too noisy. Well, for sure people are happy like that. I think women especially need to reevaluate that. That's what causes problems because we yeah. were taught for generations and generations that a man should lead. Yes. And look at the trouble that's gotten us into. I mean, I think people need to take risks, even if the result is, I mean, I'm really anxious about uh, my Netflix special coming out because the UK feels like this lovely, safe, supportive bubble where the people who come to see me on tour, they know me a little bit. They know that my yeah. heart is in the right place. They know yeah. how left wing I am. They know that uh, anything that I say is satirical and is meant to be on the right side of yeah. wrong. But uh, I think once that goes out in 190 countries, people we should might say get actually, pretty upset. People, no, so you, this is your tour, this is the Cath Bum tour, isn't it? Yeah. Which they've changed the name for Netflix to <laughs> In Trouble, is yeah. that right? Which is ominous. So Cath Bum was your tour, which was hugely successful. And Cath Bum's your childhood nickname, which yeah. I love. You and Jimmy Carr, mm -hmm. aren't, you, aren't you the only kind of British-based comics? to have your own Netflix special or something, or there's some... Yeah, we are so far. Should we go that way? Yeah, go on. And, um, That's amazing though, isn't it? It's really great. And hopefully that, if the specials do well, I know Jimmy's special is obviously doing very well, then they'll make more British ones. Hello, little fellas. Hello. <laughs> Uh-oh, crying Hello. baby. Hello. You're missing one. Oh, no. No, we've got them all. There's three. Yeah. <laughs> that was so nice. I made her over Christmas. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. This Please is my friend Emily. Hi, Emily. Nice Maria. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, she was very sweet. Oh, cool. Bye. See you Bye. later. Nice to meet you. It seems like you have a nice little community around here. I'm just getting a, a vibe about your life, and I think some people just decide to. When that happens, when you're kind of on the cusp, and you you know things start changing a bit for you. They sort of throw themselves into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In Soho every night and there. Oh God. And do you think having Violet sort of grounds you a bit and you, you seem like quite a homemaker? Yeah, well for sure. I don't, I don't want to go out ever. Uh, it's my living nightmare to go on a date or to go out in Soho on a Saturday night. Um, I just, dates are horrible anyway, aren't they? Well, I don't know. I've never been on a date. Have you not? Mm -mm. I only, what I have is friends that uh, slowly start living with me. And then they're my <laughs> boyfriends for about three years. And then I find another friend. Americans yeah. seem much more into this whole like New York, like, so we went on a date. I hate and, that. Then, and then they have like rotation and there's five guys at once, but they're not sleeping with them. And Ugh. it's, it just seems like a lot of stress. Whereas what British culture tends to be mm -hmm. is you just go to the pub or you go to dinner. And then after a few weeks, you think, well, should we just take this a stage further? Yeah, no, this is exactly affecting my life right now. I have an ex-boyfriend who, for a while, because we are long distance, he said, well, maybe we should just, you know, go on some dates for a while with other people. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Really? Yeah, because... How it, long had you been with him when he said that? No, nah, not very long, but okay. he, uh, he's American, and so... I can't really fault, it's his culture to do that, I Yeah, guess. they have that exclusivity thing, don't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. And um, I just think they don't realize, you do have to be sensitive of someone else's culture, I guess, 
they don't realize that that will cause a lifetime of trauma for someone like me. There's no way that I would just be like, yeah, okay, well, we'll get back together after that, and I won't want to know all the details of these women that I need to murder. Like, I'm not, it's not okay <laughs> with me at all. Even, and then it will be. Yeah, but Catherine, at least he told you. I think that's happened to me, but I found out afterwards. Gross. <laughs> well, it'll only be a coffee or whatever. And, and really, people are having coffee all the time. Yeah. It shouldn't be a big deal. But when you say it to someone who doesn't have but that culture. But then I culture, don't get that. Because if you're happy with someone, yeah. then you, to me, I think you just tolerate the distance. And it's like, you can't say, oh, I want to audition some other people. Uh, yeah. Because that's well, what it is, isn't it? An audition process, essentially, a date. That's what you do. Anyway. But, but yeah. I know girls, uh, I have an American friend who lived in New York for a long time, and she met her husband there. She was just going on loads and loads of dates, and for some people, that's what works. And then for some people on a break, they go on loads of meaningless dates, and it really pushes them together, and they say, actually, that was a really big mistake. Let's get married. Yeah. Like on Sex and the City, what happened to Charlotte? I know. Which Sex in the City character did you identify with? Ooh. See, I think what was um, a draw about that show is that we were probably little bits of all of them. Yeah. So I probably looked the most like Miranda, but I really loved what Charlotte wore. I loved so those A-line dresses and things. Yeah, you're a Charlotte for sure. Well, oh, you're like you know, that's glossy nice hair. Ever said to me. Oh. <laughs> I think I want to be Charlotte, but I worry I'm actually Samantha. <laughs> You're Samantha? That's cool. I'm not but Samantha. I'm... I've never slept with anyone who wasn't then my boyfriend for like minimum four years. Really? Yeah. Because. So are you quite. I don't you want strike my me secrets. as quite a sort of committed person. Like you don't. Um, like you're someone who would want to put down roots. Yeah. That's a problem too. And it, um, it has been described to me as a very culturally Irish where you, um, you make a commitment and you stick with it and you make it work and you keep your head down and you, you sort it out. Whereas in my parents' case, if they'd just given up straight away, they probably would have been both a lot happier. So I was gonna say, yeah, and then you committed. think, well, what about your right to be happy as well? Yeah, being committed's not always a good way to go. Yeah, and actually I think the older I get, the more I think, for me personally, everyone's different, but yeah. sometimes I think, it's nice to see relationships, not as though that failed, that failed, that. It's like, no, that was right for that time. Yeah. And then you had a period of time with that person in your life. I think you know? that's the rational way to look at it. I just mm. don't look at it that way. I hate anyone who doesn't love me. Are you kidding? I, uh, I don't. Yeah, you know what? You know when exes them. stay friends Screw and them. stuff? Yeah. Do you stay friends with exes? No. <laughs> so, like, if you accidentally fell and landed with your face in someone's naked lap, you would never want to see that person again if it wasn't happening anymore. Frank Skinner says, I don't think it's possible to be friends with someone once you've seen their genitals. Yeah! Do you agree? I 100% agree with that. I don't want, no. Or you're humiliated. By the time I'm out of a relationship, it's because something really awful happened and then you want to erase the fact that you were ever that silly. With the exception of um, my daughter's father, we're really good friends. That's because so nice we have though, a daughter. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You're, you're sort of like the unofficial queen of the panel show now, I think. Uh-oh. Well, that's a good thing, though, isn't it? Because I think for years people have criticised panel shows, quite rightly, just mm. saying they're very male-dominated, and you've helped change that. Well, I think you need to be careful to, dis to subscribe to any narrative that doesn't apply to you. And so if people say, oh, it's, um, it's very male to do that, or it's male to have a one-liner or to speak over someone else it's not it's alpha and there's no reason why we can't be alpha as well and i'm also you might need to pull dolly oh, along she's lazy being a wee everywhere that's why she's the fattest she's alpha she doesn't want to wee no she's not is i don't she know not? what dolly is <laughs> in the alphabet but can i, I mean, pull i don't want to. yeah dolly come, come on, doll. on dolly dolly it's time now she's basically an armchair so People describe them as being very male. I yeah. think that they're very alpha. There's no reason why we can't be alpha. And I'm also blessed with ignorance. So I don't um, have any anxiety ever because I don't really have time to think about how difficult things might be or how I might do badly on them. Yeah. I think you just have to go in. I always say to my daughter um, that she, she has to have a happy heart about things. <laughs> so I don't know a better way to explain it to a child, but I'd always say that. Well, yeah. I don't feel like you have a happy heart today. You have to have a happy heart about that. And it sounds really lame, 
but you do and and you're you're being invited into people's homes and your job is to serve them and i'm never worried about oh am i going to be edited to be laughing at the boys because those boys are my friends and i don't mind yeah. laughing at them and then sometimes do you get nervous so anyway just about being funny and no. just in the way that any comic would no the only thing that i ever get nervous about is I, I really don't want to hurt people. And I know that sometimes I'm offensive and I don't mean to be. Yeah, sometimes I, I say too much. I don't really have a filter. I'll tell secrets or I don't want to upset anyone. So I've done that a couple of times, accidentally upset people. So that's the only filter that I have. Otherwise, if I'm not funny one day, that's okay. I might be funny the next day. And do you think with regards to like prep and stuff, are you quite sort of meticulous, how do you... For panel shows, unless it's one of those really loose ones, you do need to be prepared and you need to know the material, the content that you're gonna be speaking about. Uh, otherwise you look like an idiot. And also that's the fun bit, writing all those jokes because then you're really excited to, to say something. Yeah. I'm excited to see if, uh, if, I almost feel like it's a combination to a lock. And if you get it right, then the lock unlocks. I think the same is true with jokes. Yeah. There's a right way to get all the numbers in place, and then it's always funny. And um, I think it's a fu really fun challenge to write some viewpoints or jokes on something and see if Jimmy's going to laugh at it or not. And what's your kind of average day? I mean, you, you take, do you take Violet to school every day? I don't want this, by the way, to be a burglars or a kidnapper's guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so many shows. <laughs> Who does MTV Cribs? It's like, here's where I keep my jewels. Here's my back door. I have really different days. So if I'm working, sometimes uh, the babysitter will come over early and, and take Violet and I won't see her until she's asleep. But very often I'm home in the day and then that's so much fun. So I take, we wake up usually too late and she's so spoiled. She always has pancakes, which is just cake, which is just breakfast cake. Yeah. And then um, I take her to school, I walk the dogs. I never put on anything not elasticated. I always oh, wear I a tracksuit. I have some really high-end loungewear. That's my interest, my area well, of interest. Well, this is why I like Yeezy so much. Yes! This is why I'm such a Kanye fan. I know! Because the way he's revolutionized the way we dress. I mean, beige loungewear? This is my he dream. Said. He said, I live in LA and I love women's bodies. And when I look at a woman's body, why would you put a blazer on that? Yeah. And they're all going to yoga class. That's his lifestyle. And so he designed this loungewear. I love that you are a fan of Yeezy's line. I love Yeezy. And then they frown upon it at the school that they make a rule like, could you not do the school run wearing a towel? And I'm like, listen. They do say, they really say that? Yeah, they say it's not aspirational to do the school run in your pajamas. <laughs> and I'm like, those children need to see that I was once poor and then I waitressed and then I worked in an office. And now I have the kind of life where I can do the bathrobe school run and then go home, eat ice cream all day. Yeah. And then work at night. What's more aspirational than that? The more scruffy <laughs> you are. Yeah, I have the two looks. The better your life is. Not that you look scruffy. No, I do, but I have two no, looks. No, but you've got a fashion. Go on, tell me about your two looks. Warm Vagrant is today's look. So that'll be my like little Alice and Olivia slides. And I have some Stella McCartney uh, three-quarter jogging bottoms. A little jumper, Canada Goose jacket, standard, no bra, no makeup. Some fake eyelashes that I'm slowly peeling off one by one. Oh, I love I... fake eyelashes. And then when I work, I dress up. I come to work because I appreciate people turning on the channel. I have this in my, my act, this idea that if I was a man, I wouldn't be single. I'd be eligible, but I'd be the most eligible. They would make me The Bachelor. There'd be a whole <laughs> line of women auditioning to be like, oh my gosh, single dad. He has all these cute animals and he bought a house. You've got your crib, you've got your dogs, you've got your lovely daughter. Yeah. You can't, you've got this amazing career. You've got your Stella McCartney track pants. Yeah. Somebody might say, well, she's got everything. Why does she need me? Yep, and they're right. And I agree with them. And that's why I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have everything that you have. I don't have the dogs. But yes, you do. You no, can have but dogs I do after have, this I, podcast. I, look, I can support myself. Yeah. There's a test that was featured on, not the Kardashians, but in spin-off, Rob and China. I sure. love Rob and China. Me too. Yeah. It was a multiple choice test to see if you and your partner, you know, have speak your love in the same language. And some yeah. people, it's by gifts or by um, assertion, telling you how much they love you and how beautiful you are. And by other people, it's acts of service. Right. So, I mean, 
partners can make themselves feel needed, even for someone who on the surface doesn't need anything at all. Little things, um, putting the, the washing out. Yes. Something really little. I love acts of service. Just tiny. Yeah, I like acts of service. Make you bring service. you a coffee in the morning. I mean, yeah. I don't need you to pay my mortgage, but that is so nice. I would freak out if someone did that. Can we just go live in like a really cool female commune? And Yeezy leisure wear. Oh, we're coming to your beautiful house now. And look, the cat's joined us. Yep. So we've had Should our we? dog walk. The three dogs are home and the cat's here. And we're all done and I've had such a nice time. Thanks here. for the walk and talk, Emily Dean. So the podcast should have ended here. That was the plan. But after I interviewed Catherine Ryan, something really amazing happened. And I just wanted to share it with you all. So I went back to chat to her and her daughter Violet about this really lovely thing happening. So here it is, Catherine Ryan, the sequel. This time it's personal, but in a good way. I need a key. Oh, right, no. have you got the keys? What has happened to my keys? Oh, I'm trapped by dogs. Guys, come on. This is not, look, look. Violet, are you going to take a coat? Mommy, this is okay. not a good start. Megan, you're so dumb. Wait, wait. Dolly, come here. Come on, guys. Wait, wait, Dolly. Go on, Dolly. Okay. Let's do a run for it. Oh, so this is Walking the Dog Part 2 with Catherine Ryan. And I, I wasn't planning on doing any sequels this early in the franchise. <laughs> but I decided to because I'm with Catherine Ryan and I'm with her lovely daughter, Violet. Mm. I came to interview you. Yes. And I kind of fell in love a bit with your Shih Tzu, Megan. And then I was looking to buy a dog. And then I contacted a breeder. And I thought, I'll go and look at these Shih Tzus. Bought Ray. Mm -hmm. Found out when I went to pick him up. What did I find out, Violet? Um, that um, Ray Ray was Megan's brother. Sometimes I think fate takes you to a certain place. And then you make the next move. And Ray's the perfect dog for you. I mean, he's got the same color hair. He's got the same attitude. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, there are very few Imperial Shih Tzu breeders in the UK. And yeah, I mean, we got brother and sister and they love each other, don't they? And now we have these sort of play dates, which I absolutely love. And I've become so fond of Megan and they're so cute together. And people say the dogs don't know their family, but I'm certain these two know. Yeah. Don't they behave as though they know? Don't you think, Viola? Oh, we're going to walk past that noisy school. Why That's aren't you okay. in school, by the way? Oh, yeah, Violet's not in school today, we should say, because... She's sick. She's sick. She's talking about herself in the third person, which I like. She is sick. She is legitimately sick. You know, I'm I always sick. believe Violet. I was a liar at her age. I'd be like, oh, I don't feel well. Um, Violet was violently ill this morning, so here we are. You know, she, I think she's allergic to all production food. She was on set with me yesterday. <clears throat> the first time she was sick is when she was poisoned by the John Bishop show. Really? I'm still awaiting the settlement. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I forced her to eat, and that's not my, my style, but I was stressed out. I said, you must eat these sausages. You must. And then she didn't feel well. And she was violently ill. poisoned. Partly the reason why I love coming around to yours, because I do invite myself over quite a lot now, ever since the discovery about the brother and sister. And we're glad you do. I'm constantly inviting myself over, and I love it. Um, yeah, and you know, it's in my new show I talk about having a glitter room. Like, why would we want a man around when Violet's like, if you need me, mommy, I'll be watching Mean Girls in the glitter room. <laughs> like, it's just such a girl's house. Is Megan doing a wee? Mm-hmm. Yes. Be careful walking past the school if they spot you. Oh yeah, what if the school spot Violet? And you're meant to be sick. I mean, you are sick. We should say you absolutely are sick. She was sick. I'm sick. I threw up. You um, threw up, yeah. Let's go past the school because it's noisy as well for the podcast. Come on, dogs. Come on. Come on, doggies. Um, should we go over here? <clears throat> so should we go in the tennis court, and then we can let them off the lead to run. Oh, that's such we a good idea. Gate, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Come on, let's go to the tennis court. I like this. It's making it sound like you live in some stately home or something. We'll go over to the tennis court. I have a tennis court. No one's ever in there. Violet and I play tennis. Let's go. If there are any um, young men listening You're attached. can't you can't pay their bills, that. Well, yes. You have a boyfriend. Well, you never know. Like, I, I like I to mix it up. I haven't met the boyfriend yet. Can I meet him? Yeah, you can meet him next time he's in town. I like to mix it up on stage so he never knows what's going on. The, the people who come to my shows never know what's going on. Because then you can tell some truths and some lies. Mix it all together and then nobody knows. And never actually identify them. That's right. 
Oh, now. so we're letting the dogs off the lead quickly. And raise off the lead. He doesn't know it yet. He's still just Aww. there. Run! Run! Run for your lives, dogs! Whoa, whoa. Run, guys! Viola, what would you say are some good tips for dog owners? Well, when my grandmother came over, she put Megan on the pee pad in the kitchen and said, Lou, and then she peed and then we kept on doing it for a while and then she kind of grew out of it when she when my grandmother left you need to always do it what you need to be consistent with the pee pad you mean yeah and what do you yeah. think about sleeping in the bed do you think i should allow ray to sleep in my bed violet um i think you can have a teeny tiny dog like ray yeah a hypoallergenic dog with human hair like ray yeah um on the bed do you think so yeah i love it i don't care i mean the cat is not allowed in the bed. That's a different type of fur. Yes. We are um, modern women. We've got it together. It's not like we're dirty. We clean the sheets a lot. You know, it's fine. Yeah, you're right. And he shouldn't. I mean, I don't like the way humans put babies in different rooms. We're the only species to do that. But this has genuinely made me realize I thought owning a dog was just, oh, you have a dog. It's just really lovely. I can't imagine not having one now. What are you doing with Ray that you couldn't do before him? Well, I think I'm more sociable and I'm meeting more people. Mm -hmm. I love it. I tell my friends, oh, Ray's coming over. I don't even say Emily's coming around. I say Ray's coming over. And they're like, who's Ray? Who are you seeing? And I've really... Oh, just this chocolate... I've really chocolate fallen in love with Violet as well. She's great. And I think I'm really... I look at how you raise her. And I, mm -hmm. I don't have kids, but I have nieces. And I think that's how I'd like... I think that's an example of how to raise a young woman now. That's how well, you're doing it. Well, you are uh, very involved in the raising of your nieces. So that's good. And it takes a village. I mean, Violet's lucky that I have women like you, like Sarah Pascoe, like Ashley, be other women around that she looks up to and admires. Because there's going to come a day when no matter how cool I am, and I am 100% cool, she won't respect me anymore and everything I say will be stupid. And, you know, I, it takes a village. And I miss that saying, it takes a village. I will discipline other people's children in the street. <laughs> That's why I have so few friends in this neighborhood. <laughs> Ray running is one of the funniest sides. Oh my gosh. Violet, call Ray over and we'll make him a... hair is wasted on a podcast. His hair is wasted on a dog, if we're yeah, going to be honest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, You know what it's him. like? The highlights and the shape of it is a bit like a man in um, Dynasty in yeah. the 80s. <laughs> that's what Ray's hair's like. I'm glad you got him. Are you? Can you imagine loving any other dog or human child as much as you love Ray? I can, I can, but, <laughs> but I, I'm surprised at how life-changing it's been getting a dog. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say that. And how much it's expanded my whole world, really. And I've got all new friends. I'm more like on the street, because when you have cute dogs like Amazing. Megan and Ray, people stop you a lot, don't they? <clears throat> yeah. So I always say this, it's like walking down the street with Justin Bieber. People go, oh my God, <laughs> oh wow. And you just recede into the distance suddenly. Yeah. But it's weird, people will just come up and you'll be holding him near your face. People will put their hands out, just touch him as though you have that big pregnancy tummy. They don't ask, they just touch him. I hate that. I, that's the one drawback of having a cute small dog. Yeah, yeah. Is people that sometimes do you're in a hurry. Well, also they get the ha his hair greasy and sometimes I spent a long time. Well, I can see that. Perfect. He's got a blowout. <laughs> He's got a fresh... I love his blowout. What's he eating, Violet? Can you see? Okay, so can I ask you a question as well, which I've been wondering. So do you think, you know, your mum's a comic, isn't she? Do you, I think you're pretty funny. <laughs> Would you like to do that? Uh, I'm pretty sure I want to be a singer, actor and dancer, and then I can also do comedy when I sing or, or something like that, when I act or something. Well, no, you want to start out with comedy, and that's the only way that mm -hmm. you'll really get noticed. And yeah, you won't have to audition for things. A lot of actresses in L.A., they go, oh, I'm a stand-up, and they're not, just so that they can help themselves out with acting so yeah. comedy is the way in yeah because being an actress on its own well, it's a bit like writing yeah. as well is really good yeah it means that you can then write great parts for yourself like Lena Dunham or something you know yeah. can I ask you something which is you've been doing you're doing mm. your face or mine yeah Jimmy Carr yeah and you're recording that at the moment we are um, recording series two of that already series one goes out now? Jimmy's so funny. He's Megan. such an inspiration to me, and I mean that. Jimmy Carr makes me laugh. Do you like Jimmy Carr? Yeah, he's nice. You should see him around children. Really? She was beside herself, just <laughs> rolling around with laughter. He was so good to her. And Jimmy is a man of action, you know? He's like, 
let's get through this, let's do this, let's move on. Yeah. And he was stopping the whole rehearsal for this entitled seven-year-old to ask him, she was raising her hand during our uh, show rehearsal and asking questions. But she's, you know what, she's, it's interesting, I, mean, I know you're joking, you say entitled, but she's actually, well, she's walking sufficiently far yeah. ahead that she won't get a big head. <laughs> but um, she's just, it's like hanging out with a really cool mate. Oh, I know, she's so cool. She's really cool. And I don't take com complete uh, credit for that or responsibility. I think having sisters, knowing that the three of us were raised by the same parents, yeah. you just are who you are sometimes. She just is. She just cool. came out like that. Yeah. I mean, are you strict? Uh, I'm not at all strict unless you cross the line and then I'll take everything out of your room until you're sleeping on a bare mattress. Violet hasn't ever crossed that line, but it's just respect. I mean, she, she's never naughty or anything, but I think if you have a rule of just mutual respect in the house, they never cross the line. And if they're crossing it at three years old, you can forget about it. You're done. You'll never get them back. But you hear um, some of these eight-year-olds, the way they speak to each other, the way they speak to their parents, just like, oh, she will be in jail in 10 years. Like, well done. It's too late. I don't know why they let their children carry on like that. Now, it's not all of them. But now and then, oh. Do you think it's because also it's just easier in that moment, isn't it, I guess? I don't think it's ever easy to allow someone to disrespect you. I don't, I don't get, I don't know. Why do you want to raise someone that other people don't want to be around? That does them no service. Well, you know what? I often hear parents saying when there's a child coming and behaving like Mariah Carey. And yeah. they say, I love her spirit. I love her spirit. And wow. I think, I'm not sure that's spirit. I think that's just horrible. <laughs> Some of them though, I mean, I, I do get that because I will respect a, a funny child yeah. who's a little bit saucy because she, she'll have something that I don't have. And also, at least if she messes up one day, it will definitely have been her idea. She won't be led into anything and that's the most dangerous thing. Yeah. I think is being led. Well, I do, but then I also think there's that thing of mistaking rudeness for individuality. Yeah, yeah. And you're aware when you see, like, you know, I hang out with Violet, and she's just a pleasure to. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, it's not just you I come around here for. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole package. Well, and can you imagine, like, <laughs> dating someone yeah. and thinking, oh, I'm really in love with this person. They're great. It's time for me to meet their children. If their <laughs> children were awful, what would you do? You'd be like, oh, man. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Because actually, you, that's for life. <clears throat> Someone has an obnoxious child, it's like, well, that's not going to go away anytime soon. Although Violet is pretty mean to my boyfriends. Is she? Aren't you, gal? Yeah. Are you mean to mummy's boyfriends? <laughs> Why? <laughs> she just said yes, I can exclusively reveal. Just Why, quickly, why yep. are you mean to them, Violet? I don't know. I just don't want my boyfriends to be near me. You don't want them what? To be near me or my mum. Yeah. Why? It's sort of like, you know those uh, kid movies where the children don't want to move house, so yeah. when the letting agent comes around, they pretend they're ghosts in the house. Like, <laughs> that's what Violet does. <laughs> Is that what you're doing with mom's boyfriends? I need some, some sort of level, some standard. This is, oh, we're back in the home now, and all the dogs are here. So do you want to hang on to Ray? Do you want a baby dog sit for a couple of hours? Yes. I'll come back and get you later and get Ray later, yeah? I'll text yeah. mom. I really hope you enjoyed Walking the Dog. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Otherwise, no treats for you. Zero.